0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We started this whole series with an overarching theme. An overarching theme verse that was going to kind of permeate all the different weeks and all the different topics that we were going to talk about. And so the theme verse for this series is Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 29, Ephesians 4 29, and we shared it in week one. We talked about it in week two, and I want to start off this morning just kind of recapping it once again. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In other words, talk right, right? Don't be a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for others according to their needs to build them up. And so we talked about how we need to check everything that comes out of our mouth to make sure that it's helpful to others and that it's building others up and it's not unwholesome, right? And so we started in week one and we talked about gossip. We talked about gossiping, and we spent an entire Sunday morning talking about gossip and how it's just a toxic situation. It's toxic for the person telling the story. It's toxic for the person receiving the story. It's toxic for the person who the story is about, and it just does all kinds of damage, and it's toxic, and so we need to stay away from it. And so we said we need to guard our ears, and we need to shut our mouth. Remember, those were kind of the two takeaway principles. Guard your ears and shut your mouth. And then last week, uh, Pastor Carmen, Bishop Carmen, uh, Lady... Carmen, the prophetess Carmen um, came and she shared and talked about complaining and it was phenomenal. It was her first time sharing here in um, adult service. She's been back in kids church all the time and so she was uh, telling us, you know, uh, for her takeaway she was trying to illustrate it and she did some kind of like ninja move. Do you guys remember that? You were like, that won't be on the, con- on the-, on the podcast but it was, it was pretty awesome. But she talked about complaining. And she talks about how if you can't change your circumstances, sometimes you need to change your perspective. And I can't tell you how many times I've referenced her talk on Sunday just this week. You know, I was complaining about um, my my car. I drive a, uh, brace yourselves, a 2003 uh, Yukon XL, right? And it has more rust than paint on it. And I was complaining because the wheel's making some noise. I get like, I don't know, uh, two, two miles a gallon, something like that. And I was just... I was I was just kind of complaining about it a little bit this week, and then I got thinking about it, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to shift my perspective, like like Prophetess Carmen shared last week. You know? I had this in my head and I was like, I need to shift my perspective. I need to be thankful that I have a car that can fit my small army of children all together at once. You know, I have a car that can fit my two monster horse dogs and all four of my children and pull my camper at the same time, right? I need to be thankful, I need to so, Prophetess, well done. But it, it, you know, and so many of you probably had a lot of these thoughts as well, where you're like, man, I need to shift my perspective on this. I need to stop being negative. I need to stop complaining. I need to stop allowing this to be a toxic situation. And so this week, we're going to talk about lying. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be awesome. So I was racking my brain, racking my sort of database, thinking, okay, I need a story to to, to launch this thing off that can kind of make this relatable and... And get people kind of on the same page with lying. And so I was thinking through my own life and thinking, man, how is, how, what can I share? How can I do this? But then I realized I'm perfect and I don't lie. So I really had to think, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, I, to be honest, though, I am the guy that when you buy cars on Craigslist. Okay, here we go. Here's a gut punch for some of you. When you buy cars on Craigslist, right, and you pay like 2500 bucks for it, and then you go to the Secretary of State, and the person you bought the car from leaves the price part empty, and you're like, oh, $50, I'll pay taxes no, I'm the guy that writes $2,500 and pays the unnecessary high amount of taxes. It's just, it's kind of just, it, it is the way that it is. I'm not the guy that embellishes stories and goes all crazy. And so I was racking my brain trying to think of a story to tell. And Carmen told me a story this week um, that I could share, but then I, she didn't give me permission to share it, so I'm not going to. But I am going to say it from stage that if you want to hear this story, it's really good, and you should ask Carmen. Um, but my wife also didn't give me permission, but she's my wife, so I'm going to share it anyway. We were, um, we were in California a few weeks ago celebrating our... 10-year anniversary. We've been married for 10 years, and yeah, it was awesome back in May. And so uh, we were in California celebrating our anniversary, and we went there with absolutely no agenda except to not hang out with our kids. Um, We love our kids. Our kids are amazing, but our agenda was, hey, we're going to like do whatever we want. If we want to get up and go to the movies, we can do that. If we want to go out to eat and actually know what we ate when we're done, we can do that, right? We have that freedom. And so one night we were out, and we were driving by a comedy club. There There was a comedian. We were like, Let's go do that. Why not? We're spontaneous, young, footloose, and fancy free. All the young people are like, man, you're so old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so we got done with this comedy club thing, and there's this thing up in, uh, we were in LA, and up in the Hollywood Hills, there's this thing called the Conservatory. And you can go up there, and it's real high up in the Hollywood Hills, and you can see what seems forever. You know, it's like Simba standing on Pride Rock with Mufasa, and it's like, all that the eye can see, right? That's how you feel when you're up there. That's so right. Like, we want to go to this conservatory, but it closed at 10 p.m. And we looked at our, our uh, you know, app or whatever, and we we're like, okay, we can get there in 15 minutes. So we get there, we, we're riding, and then we get to the road where we're supposed to turn in, and they're like, closed, because they had an event there that night. And the only entrance was like one, all. you had to drive all the way around this like, national park to get there. And we're like, ooh. Okay, we can do this. We didn't take into account LA traffic, right? Which is horrible. And so we're driving and we get there and we finally pull up and we know all these cars are like zooming out. We know they close at 10. It's like 10, it's like 9.56. We're like, we can do this, we'll run, we'll bolt it, we'll do it, we'll make it happen. And we pull it to the gate, and lo and behold, the guy standing there, he's like 1058 or 958, closes at 10. Dude's like, sorry, ma'am, it's closed. And so I'm sitting there with both hands on the steering wheel, like kind of pouring sweat because we were zooming around this place. I don't know where I'm going. I'm running red lights. I'm not, but I I might have been. And so, (laughs) see, I'm lying, talking about a lying message. This is terrible. It's going to be an interesting Sunday. So I'm I'm sitting there with my hands on the steering wheel. I look over, and the guy's standing over here. My wife's in the passenger seat. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, man, we're closed. And by the time he said, we're closed, before I could even blink my eyes, this is how fast this response came. I'm sitting there. He goes, I'm sorry, ma'am, we're closed. My wife goes, oh, I just left my jacket up there. We need to run up there and grab it. <laughs> I'm looking at her, and then I'm also looking up for lightning bolts. I'm like, <laughs> and then, like, my wife is a virtuous woman. She does not lie. She, say, you know, she takes the truth very seriously. And so I'm sitting there. I mean, you can imagine. I'm sitting there like this. I'm waiting, and the guy's over here talking. She goes, oh, I just left my jacket. We need to go grab it. I go, I'm like, side-eyeing, thing. I'm like, does he believe her? Does he believe her? And, and he doesn't believe her. He goes, oh, yeah, where'd you leave it? She goes, on a bench. I was like, that was so good. How did she think of that? Like, boom. And so he's like, all right, I'll radio up, and I'll make sure that you come straight back down. She's like, OK, thank you. And I'm like, oh. And so we're driving. We, so we bolt up there. We get up there. And it actually ended up being really cool. Um, we got up to the conservatory. See, kids, lie. It works out for you. Um, we got up to the conservatory. And we were the only two up there, and it was absolutely brilliant and beautiful and amazing. But on the way up, um, you know, we get past the guy. The guy's, like, still in my rearview mirror. We're so close. And I was like, babe. I kind of look over. And she goes, I know. I don't know what happened. She's like, I feel so terrible. And so, like, we're having this remorse, like, repentance session all the way up this mountain to get to the conservatory. And um, it was this crazy thing. But, um, you know, it, it, we lied straight up. It's crazy, but, but we lied, and now I'm telling you about it in church. Um, but if, I, I feel like if I were to, I'm going to ask. How many of you have lied in the past 24 hours? Go ahead and raise your hand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so obviously this is a room full of liars because none of you raised your hand. So you guys need this message more than I realized. Carrie, you're okay. Everyone else, they're in trouble, okay? Um, because the average person, listen to you bunch of liars, the average person lies four times a day. The average person lies at least four times a day. So chances are, all of you that did not raise your hand, <laughs> um, not going to point any fingers, but every single one of you, um, chances are you were lying right now. Because the average person lies four times. Listen, the University of Massachusetts did this study, and they said that 60% of people, listen, that's more than half of the people, 60% of people cannot have a 10-minute conversation without lying. They can't have a 10-minute conversation without lying, whether it be to impress people by embellishing stories. Oh, okay, Sam, I guess I'll just have to raise my hand. Whether it be embellishing stories or to avoid conflict, right? If things are coming at them and they need to kind of shift the blame a little bit or work something around a little bit to make it more advantageous to them or maybe to get away with something or just maybe even to be nice. Oh, yeah, that dress looks great. Liar. No, it doesn't. They say 60% of us can't go 10 minutes without lying. And so this is, I I feel like, I mean, if my virtuous, holy, beautiful, wonderful wife can lie like boom at the drop of the hat, I feel like anybody can, right? I feel like we can all fall victim to this. But what I want to do this morning is look at a passage and kind of dissect it a little bit and look at some other passages to kind of put together this idea of how lying can be so detrimental to us. How lying and fabricating the truth and shading the truth and manipulating the truth can be so detrimental. And I want to start off by looking at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. And so if you have your Bibles or your apps or your tablets or whatever, for those of us who are not only liars but also lazy, it'll be on the screen. Um, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, it says this. The Lord detests lying lips. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who are truthful. The word here, this for detests, can also uh, be broadened to mean hates or despises. The Lord hates it. The Lord despises it when we lie, when we shade the truth, when we manipulate the truth, when we withhold the truth. And so many of us, whether we want to admit it or not, we fabricate the truth. We disguise the truth. We embellish the truth. Let's just call it what it is. So many of us lie on the regular. And Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 says, the Lord detests that. The Lord despises that. The Lord hates it when we lie. And so what I want to do this morning is unpack this concept and this idea for just a few minutes. So let's pray together, uh, and then we'll spend a few moments kind of discussing it. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the awesome time that we get to spend worshiping you. Just responding to who you are in our hearts and who you are in our lives. God, this morning as we open your word and we allow it to speak truth to us, God, I pray that you would soften our hearts and that you would open our minds, that you would make us receptive to your truth, that you would make us receptive to what you have for us to walk away with today. I pray that we would all leave challenged, encouraged, and changed this morning, different than we walked in, because we've encountered a real God. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. So our theme verse has been Ephesians 4.29, right? And we talked about it. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is beneficial to others and helpful to those who hear, right? And so we've been talking about this for the past three weeks. Well, a few verses before that, it talks a little bit about truth and honesty and lying. And in Ephesians, so it's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 through 25. Just five verses earlier, a a passage of four verses, it says this. It says, Since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus, so he says, Since you know who Jesus is, since you've encountered Jesus, since you've had an experience with Jesus, since someone has taught you about Jesus, it says, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life. He's saying, when you encounter Jesus, things change. When you encounter Jesus, he says, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and what? Deception. He says, As you get to know Jesus, once you encounter Jesus, once you begin to follow Jesus, you need to throw off this old evil nature, which is horrible, rotten, through and through, full of lust and deception. And then he says, instead, instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. Throw off the lust and the desires. Throw off the deception. There needs to be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and what? True. So put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. And so Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus and he's saying, Listen, guys, when you encounter Jesus, when you begin to follow Jesus, things begin to change. It's time to throw off the former. It's time to throw off the way that you thought was normal. It's time to throw off the former way that you were doing things. Throw off your old nature of lust. Now, when they're talking lust here, they're talking about, yes, sexual lust and that sort of thing. But they're also talking lust, lust of possessions. Lust of, of comparison, saying, I want to be better and greater and, and more awesome than anyone else. And so I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to step on whoever i got to step on it to get there. He says, no, 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 no. Your whole way of life changes when you encounter Jesus. He says, throw off that old nature of lust. And he says, throw off the old nature of deception. Throw off the way that you keep manipulating the truth and shading the truth and hiding the truth. Stop doing that. That's part of the old way of doing things. When you encounter Jesus, that stuff should change. That's not the way that you should interact with humanity any longer. He says, instead, put on a spiritual renewal of your thoughts. Change the way that you think. Change the way that you approach the world, And he says, put on a spiritual renewal of your attitudes, which is a lot about what Carmen was talking about last week, about shifting our perspective, having a renewal of our attitudes. And he says, listen, you must display a new nature because you are a new person. When you encounter Jesus, your life changes. You can't stay the same. When you encounter Jesus, your life changes If you think that you've encountered Jesus, but there hasn't been any life change, then you need to revisit the idea of encountering Jesus. Because he says, we throw off the old nature, and we put on this new nature that is righteous and holy and true. And then he wraps up this passage by saying, so tell the truth. Stop being deceptive. Tell the truth to your neighbors. Listen, truth is the language of the new nature. Do you hear that? Truth is the language of the new nature. When you encounter Jesus... And he begins to change you from the inside out. Truth becomes the language that we speak. And so Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 tells us that the Lord hates lies, right? He despises, detests lying lips, but delights in the truth, right? And then Ephesians 4 tells us that our new nature is a life founded and grounded in truth. And so we're painting this picture of what it looks like for us to encounter Jesus and us to change him. But as I was reading this, I thought, man... Why is it, of all the things in Scripture, of all this stuff that it talks about how the Lord feels about what we do and what we don't do, why does it just ruffle his feathers so much for us to lie, you know? Why, why would it say something so strong and so harsh that the Lord detests lying lips? And then I came across John chapter 8, verse 44, which talks about something that I think kind of paints the picture for why God is so displeased with lies and shading the truth and manipulating the truth and withholding the truth. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. This is talking about our spiritual adversary. And I was talking this morning, and I was like, you know, I don't really talk about the the devil. The devil, hallelujah. I don't talk about the devil very much at church. You know, I don't talk about Satan and our spiritual adversary. I'm not here to, you know, scare the hell out of you. Get it? See what I did there? That's that's you know that's not my mo. And many of you who have been around for a while, you know that you know, um, because I, I, oftentimes I think when we start talking about the devil, we start talking about Satan, we start talking about this stuff. You picture like a guy in a red spandex jumpsuit with horns and a pitchfork and a tail, like under the bleachers, ready to poke your ankles, right? Or is that just me? Is that my? That's, that might just be me. Okay, all right. But um, you know, if 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 we're on a journey with Jesus, pursuing life with Jesus, there are adversaries. There is a spiritual adversary who is there to trip us up, to make things not go the way that God has designed for them to go. And so in this passage, in John chapter 8, verse 44, this is who they're talking about. And it says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, check this out, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Listen, our spiritual enemy, our spiritual adversaries, number one strategy is to to lie, is to deceive, is to distort and disguise the truth. This passage says there is no truth in him. Lies are his native language. He is the father of lies. Listen, maybe this is why God detests lying so much. Because rather than speaking the language of the new nature, we're buying into the language of the old nature. And we're allowing that to come from us into the world. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that, that, that totally makes sense. When we lie, the devil wins. If I can get a little like old school with it for a minute. When we lie, the devil wins. When we deceive, the devil wins. You know, when we distort, the devil wins. When we disguise, the devil wins. When we hide or shade or manipulate the truth, the devil wins. Because you see, our spiritual adversary wants to do two things wants to do two very important things. He wants us to lie to ourselves and he wants us to lie to others. He wants that for us because when we're doing that, we're not operating in the fullness that God has designed us to operate in. We're not walking the faith journey that God has called us to walk. He wants us to lie to others because we'll be speaking his language. You can't speak truth and lies at the same time, right? You can't spit both at the same time. And so if you're spitting lies, you're not spitting truth. And the language of the new nature is truth. The language of the, the devil by golly is lies. I feel so awkward saying it. I don't know why. I gotta say the devil by golly every time I do it. It's weird. But we're speaking his language when we try to impress other people by you know building a story that didn't even really have you're like, well, I went in there and I told them that they need to do this and that and the other, and I told them and they should've, you should have what? You're sitting there going. No you didn't. That totally didn't happen. You may have th- Did you really say that? Well, I mean, I I thought it in my head. They saw it in my face? No. That did that straight up didn't happen. That's not the truth. Right? When we do this, he wants us to do this because we're not speaking the truth. When we do this to avoid conflict and we're like, "Oh, well you see, um my kid was sick." So your kid wasn't sick. Right? You went to the movies. I saw it on Instagram. Come on. Like, you're straight up not telling the truth, right? When we do this to avoid conflict or when we do this, you know, to get away with something or to shift blame or to even be nice, um, you know, someone tries out, and they're like, I want to sing on the worship team. They come in and they sing. How terrible would it be for everyone in the room if we were like, oh, yeah, that sounds nice, when it doesn't sound nice. We all be sitting here and be like, who let, the, who, what did, huh? You know what I'm saying? When we're doing this, we're not speaking truth. We're not speaking life. And so the devil wants us to operate in that function. He wants us to lie to others, but what he also wants us to do is lie to ourselves. Because we do this all the time, too. We rationalize our lies. We rationalize our lies. We convince ourselves that what we're doing, we're doing it for the right reasons or that we're doing the right thing. It's okay to tell them we forgot our jacket because we really want to see the conservatory and this is our only option to do it. And so it's okay. And you can point your bony finger of judgment at me and my wife all you want, but you guys know you do it too. You know? We sit here and we rationalize these things to make ourselves feel better. We're lying to ourselves. Or maybe some of us, we may be living a lie. On Instagram, we look like the happiest family in the universe, and our our house is always clean, and we always have gourmet dinners. But the reality is, that's not the case. Not only are we lying to others, but we're lying to ourselves trying to put a filter on everything to make everything seem like it's perfect when really all we need is a real conversation and some help. And so we're sitting here lying to ourselves and we're living this lie or maybe we're two-faced, like, oh, yeah, they're so sweet. Can you believe she's wearing that? Hi, good to see you. You know what I mean? This is very prevalent in the church. We know this. And so we're lying to ourselves. We're living a lie. But one of my biggest one of my biggest concerns, and I really went back and forth on sharing this or not, one of my biggest concerns is that we lie to ourselves telling ourselves that just because we go to church on a Sunday morning that we're followers of Christ. And I really thought about sharing this and not sharing this. I mean, Michael's so pissed he's leaving. I'm just kidding, Michael. <laughs> Michael's like, dang it, I will never go to the bathroom at church again. <laughs> but really, really, really. <laughs> I love you, Michael. He's like, I'm refilling my coffee, jerk. Um, <laughs> Why did I do that? Um, man. Um, but no, we convince ourselves. We rationalize to ourselves. You know, our parents want us to go to church. And so we found a church that's, you know, we're pretty easygoing church. We're pretty laid back. This is probably the heaviest talk I've given in probably five years, you know. Uh, we're pretty laid back. We're pretty cool. It's it's whatever. I'm I'm wearing cheetah shoes today. I mean, come on, you know. It is what it is, right? We like to hang out. We like to have fun. Um, But the reality is, if if, if we're not experiencing life change, if we're not encountering Jesus and it's changing who we are and it's more than just coming together for coffee and donuts and, you know, a super good-looking worship leader we just hired and a funny guy who gets up and cracks jokes, if it's not more than that and we're calling ourselves Christians, Christ followers, if we're not following Christ if it's not making an impact on our heart and our lives and our decisions and our everyday happenings, if it's not causing us to change from the inside out, then I worry and I fret and I I pray that we're experiencing Jesus. Do you you know what I'm saying here? That we're not rationalizing to ourselves that we're Christians just because we checked the box on Sunday morning that we went to church. Do, Do you know what I'm saying? So it's very, very important for us to, to to realize the power of deceit. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, it talks about this, about how they were deceiving themselves, calling them Christ, themselves Christ followers, when there was no fruit in their life. There was no evidence of Christ ever being in their life. Because I've heard, I've, I've been in conversations or heard of conversations where people at this church, they're like, dude, you should go to my church, it's awesome, they don't care about anything. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, kind, yeah, kinda. That's kinda the way it is, like... We don't care about like the stupid things, but we, we care about stuff, you know, like Jesus is pretty important in there and the Bible and the Holy Spirit and, you know, it's not just hanging out, you know what I mean? And so I want us to be very, very careful that we're not only not lying to others, but that we're not lying to ourselves and deceiving ourselves in all of this, because lies are super, super powerful. And so the question I want you to ask yourselves this morning is how often do I choose to speak the devil's language? Think about it. How often do I choose to opt in to the devil's language? How often do we opt for our version of the truth over the actual truth? Think about it. How often do we do this? How often do we fabricate the truth for our own benefit? Oh yeah, I was here at 11. You were here at 11.08. How often do we do this? I mean honestly. But we rationalize it to ourselves, "Oh no, it's I mean it's like basically 11." I mean, 11 was still the first two numbers on the clock, you know? I mean, I'm good. Or how often do we just like flat out lie to cover our tracks? You know what I'm talking about when you get in a pinch and like all the blood rushes to your face you're like, "No, I wasn't there." It's like we have 17 pictures of you there. "No, it wasn't me." You you know what I'm saying? And we get in these situations and we start throwing it out there. How often do we shade the truth? How often do we manipulate the truth? How often do we shadow the truth or hide the truth or withhold the truth? Listen, I was put into this predicament just this past week about I had the opportunity to hide the truth and to shade the truth and to do all this. So my wife and I, we, bought, we got new appliances. And um, if, again, if you know my wife, she is Incredible and she researches everything. to like it's, it's a trait that she gets from her father, and if they haven't researched every single fridge on the market, it's not time to buy a fridge. Well, our stuff went bad, and so we ran to Home Depot and just bought stuff, and so we bought a fridge, a dishwasher, and a stove. Are they called stoves, stoves, ovens? I don't know. We bought one of those things that bakes cakes, okay? <laughs> and we bought all three, and then we got home, and my wife had the opportunity to start researching, and she's like... This is not the best fridge for us, and so we go back in. They're like, "Oh yeah, you can't return it. Just buy another fridge. Refuse it at delivery." I was like, "Okay, awesome." And so at one point, every single asset we had was tied up into these appliances um, because we bought these three, and then my wife had to buy another fridge, um, and then refuse the other one, and then we had, and then she was like, "Well, this is not the right dishwasher. We need a new dishwasher." So we, at one point, had five appliances coming to our house. Okay, it was crazy. The Home Depot guy was like, "I love this family." And so we get there, and we had to return the other dishwasher and return the other fridge so that it could all happen. So I had to go into Home Depot, and I had to make this return. So there were three separate purchases, just so you can follow with me. The first purchase was all three. The second purchase was another fridge. The the third purchase was a dishwasher. So these two went through. They refunded me for the entire first purchase. You know what that means? We got a free stove! So do I walk away from that and say, oh, man, that's awesome. God is good. Blessings. Blessings on blessings on blessings. You know, I've been living right. Look what the Lord decided to do for me. Or is that withholding truth? Do I go back into Home Depot and go, hey, you know, rather than someone losing their job over this, somebody messed up and you need to charge me for this stove. How often do we opt in to speak the devil's language as opposed to speaking the new language of the new nature, which is truth and bringing truth forward? You see, lies bring bondage. But the truth brings freedom because lies build on lies, build on lies, and not only are you having to cover that up, but then you got to cover up what you just covered up, and then you got to cover that up too. And it just becomes this ugly web that you got to keep all these facades going and, all, and facilitate all this junk or you can just speak the truth, and there's freedom in that. There's freedom in the new language of the new nature. And so this morning's a little bit different. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And uh, normally we do one song at the end. This time we're going to do two because this morning's going to be a little more reflective. It's going to be a little more introspective for some of us. We've designed a time and created like a little space for us to do business with God. And so this morning, usually I encourage you and I challenge you and I give you like a takeaway. I'm like, go change the world. It's going to be great. But this morning, I want to sort of give a call to confession. And some of you are instantly experiencing PTSD from your Catholic upbringing. I'm not going to come stand in the corner and you're not going to come tell me all the things you've done wrong, okay? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is not biblical and not what I'm talking about, okay? But I am going to give a call to confession this morning because I believe that we need to confess to God for forgiveness. You know, many of us may have been operating this and not even realizing it. We're manipulating the truth, we're shading the truth, we're withholding the truth, we're twisting the truth, we're doing all this, and, and, and we're like doing the very thing that the Lord detests, according to Proverbs 12, 22. And so many of us, we just need to take a moment and confess to God and say, God, I'm sorry. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And so many of us, we need to confess to God for forgiveness, maybe even for some things we've said this morning or done this morning, you know? And then the second call that I want to give is to confess to people for healing. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to people for healing. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Some of us, we may need to, during this next couple songs, need to bust out our phone and send a text message real quick and saying, Hey, listen, so the other day when I said this, that, or the other, that wasn't the whole truth. Here's, here's really what happened hey, the other day when this happened or that happened, I need, I need, see, Carmen's doing it right now. I'm just kidding. When this, that, or the other happened, I need, I need, I need to talk about this because there's healing in that. There's healing in confessing to others because the reality is, chances are, when you told them that, they knew. When people embellish stories to you, when people fabricate the truth, when people shift the, people know. They know this is happening. And so you doing this is not only going to be healing to you, but it's going to be healing to them. They're going to say, wow, God's doing something awesome in them. That's incredible that they're recognizing this and realizing this and embracing this and owning this. And then God can bring healing to that situation and to that relationship. And so this morning, I want to call you to confess to God for for forgiveness, but confess to people for healing. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. He said, don't, don't do all that. Don't do all that. The truth is so important to me. The truth is the language of the new nature. Speak that truth. Let's speak that truth. Carmen shared last week about how um, the tongue has the power of life and death. Let's speak life. Let's speak life. Let's speak truth. Let's put on that new nature after encountering Jesus and allow it to change who we are from the inside out our sphere of influence and to the world around us. And so as the band leads us, I want you guys to do business with God. Let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.